Hey, 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 beings. You are listening to the Self-Tivity Podcast. I am your host, Danny, your self-investment storyteller. Today's episode features a special guest who will be a valuable participant in our Being to Being Self-Tivity segments. The Being to Being segments are a fun way to connect with beings who are open-minded, enjoys thought-provoking questions, and perspective-shifting concepts. I also invite entrepreneurs and business owners who have a thought, product, or service that contributes to our self-investment journey in the areas of personal growth, mindset, well-being, entrepreneurship, and or financial empowerment. Guests will participate in our Being to Being activities bi-weekly, so be sure to follow so you don't miss out on all the fun. Let's find out who's on today and what self-tivity experience they will present to us. Are you ready? Because I am. Today, I have a special guest on the show. I have Jaleesa. Jaleesa Taylor is a hairstylist and colorist located in Launder Hill, Florida. And she is going to explore with us different perspectives about natural hair care. Now, what we're going to do before we get started is give Jaleesa the stage and allow her to tell us a little bit about herself. We're going to go into a game and then we're just going to have a being to being session where we talk about natural hair care. How's that sound, Jaleesa? That sounds great. Okay, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, everyone. This is actually my first time doing this, so just bear with me a little bit. But um, I'm a hairstylist, like you said. I am 30. I recently turned 30. Yay. Um, (laughs) And I really have a passion for just Black hair in general, men and women. I found my love in color because I realized that there are a lot of colors. There are a lot of hairstylists who do color, but there are not a lot of hairstylists who do color on tightly textured hair on like our hair and that do it well and that do it safely. So I am very big on hair care, but if I'm being completely honest, I'm super, super, super specific about hair care because... I get to have more fun with hair color if your hair is healthy. Um, so those are my two main focuses. I also barber and I kind of just, I do everything because for me, it's about exploring and getting to teach fellow Black people about how to better take care of our hair in its natural state and when it's colored. But it's also a form of self-expression and art for me. So I definitely love to get into just like the day-to-day, you know, you want to learn how to take care of your hair, but I also like to play with it as well because, you know, it's how I get to have fun. So yeah. Well, I'm very excited about having you on the show because when I came across the video on YouTube and you were a guest on the YouTube channel and you were speaking about some of the topics in natural hair care that kind of ruffle feathers um, <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, we've grown up with so many different ways of how to treat your hair. Um, and then there's a lot of uh, progression in a natural hair care where people are accepting their hair. And with that journey of accepting their hair, there are also all these different products. And there's also so many experts saying this is how you do it, how you don't do it. And some people get discouraged. Some people just say, I want to cut my hair off. Some people say, well, I'm just going to do the weave. And then there's this other community of like, well, you can't really embrace yourself if you don't have weave or natural hair. or You know, it's just a lot of conversation about hair. <laughs> so important, especially to Black women. Our hair is like our crown of glory and it's a interesting topic. So what I did is I have seven 
unpopular opinions related to the natural hair care. And we're going to play a game called mm-hmm. Our Thought or Their Thought. And I have shared the directions for Jaleesa. And if you have been following me on the podcast journey, you probably have seen two of these episodes so far. And they've been so fun. So I said, well, why not? This is an informal being to be in interview. So we are going to be talking a little bit longer than our other game sessions. But I wanted to throw in this game right in the beginning of our conversation to kind of spark some things. So for those who are listening for the first time, if Jaleesa agrees with the thought or the opinion, she's going to say our thought. That means we share this thought. We both fully agree with that together. If she disagrees with it, completely does not like anything about it, it's not for her, she is going to say their thought. Their thought means it belongs to somebody else, but it ain't her. (laughs) (laughs) But if she's in between or she doesn't have an answer or she doesn't really fully grasp the thought, but maybe she would say something different to that thought, she's going to say remix. Okay? Jaleesa, you got it? Yes. Okay. So for the first seven ones, you're just going to say our thought, their thought, and then at the... And the seventh thought, we're going to choose which one we are going to argue a different perspective for, okay? Okay. All right, okay. Number one, (laughs) (laughs) you should probably be washing your hair twice a week. Remix. Okay. Next one, the hair typing system is inaccurate and isn't important when it comes to taking care of your hair. Our thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who does not belong in your hair? Our thought. <laughs> you don't need 15 products to do your hair. Our thought, definitely. Shampooing should be included in a styling service. Our thought. Brands cater. Mm. You want to change it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say remix for that. And I, remix, have, okay. I have an explanation for that okay. one. I'm going to say. All right. So... Brands cater to what's popular in the natural hair community, not to what's best for natural hair care. Our thought. Okay. And the last one is a lot of natural hair experts are learning new things. So the information is constantly changing on how to properly take care of your hair. Hmm. I'm going to say remix. Okay. Awesome. So we have a tally for three remixes, zero their thoughts. And then four are thoughts. So you agree with four of the thoughts here. So now I'm going to put a minute on the clock, but I'll okay. give you a chance to decide which thought you're going to argue the opposite side for. So basically one of the ones you agreed with, and I can repeat them, you're going to now argue from a different perspective. Why would someone uh, disagree with that thought? Okay. Can you read the ones that I agreed with again? Yeah. Yes. So the first one was you should probably be washing your hair twice a week. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. I think I probably, I probably should have put it next to it. I forgot. Oh, the next one was food does not belong in your hair. Okay. The next one was you don't need 15 products to do your hair. Okay. Brands cater to what's popular in the natural hair community, not what's best for natural hair. Okay. So which one are you going to shift your perspective on and just argue the opposite side for a minute? I am going to argue the opposite side of food belongs in your hair. Okay, yeah. I was hoping you did that one. That's the same one too. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to put a minute on the clock. And so if you see, uh, I still got this soap here on my table. I don't know why. It's it's packaged though. It's not like, (laughs) for anyone listening, I just don't have a random unpackaged soap. It's like a pretty gift soap that someone gave me. That's what you said. As a timer notification, like, hey, you only got 10 seconds of your one minute left. So make sure you uh, wrap it up, but make it a full one minute. Okay. Okay. 
All right. So one minute on the clock. Go ahead and argue why someone does believe you should be in your hair. Okay. So I think if it were me to say that food does belong in your hair, I would say it's because the foods that we consume have the nutrients that work well for the inside of our body. So it makes sense that it would work on the outside. Um, a lot of times going, people tend to want more natural alternatives for their hair. Um, they don't like chemicals as much. They don't want harsh chemicals. They don't want to put things with ingredients that they can't pronounce, much less understand in their hair. So they feel more comfortable just taking that raw ingredient, be it a fruit, a vegetable, an oil, whatever, and just putting it on their hair or sometimes on the skin to get the most I guess you would say, out of that product. Um, so I can understand why they'd feel more comfortable doing it that way because if you know that avocado is good for your hair and skin, it would just be easier to take the mushed avocado and just mash it in your hair and get the best that you can get out of the product. So I understand why people like to put food in their hair because it's easier, it's more affordable, and it's something that they're comfortable with. I know you would do such a great job at this. <laughs> I want to add that the reason why I gravitated to you is because in this discussion of the National Hair Care War, there are a lot of people who are like tyrants, like you're so stupid. And like, that's, I mean, they're like really crazy out there. But when you share, you really are like giving us the information, but you're, you're coming from a perspective, like, you know why, you know, you know why, you know, we thought this way, but you're trying to offer a different perspective that we should adopt because it's good. And you have yeah. your, your research, you have your um, experience in the industry and even your studies that backed it up. And so mm -hmm. when I was listening to you, I was like, oh, she is just so good for this because Thank I you. love when people can share something that is probably like controversial and maybe like something that someone doesn't want to hear and pretty much break it down. Mm -hmm. And on the opposite side, I remember when I first found that, because I, I was familiar with the concepts as you were saying in the video, when I first heard about it, I was on board, like it made sense to me, but I had a hairstylist that she just made me feel like a little small child. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, what did I do to you? I just found out like, <laughs> like, okay, like I need to, I'm on board. I was, I changed the next day, you know, and, and to this day, like adopt those concepts because I mm -hmm. understood them. Like I really not, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. know, it just made sense to me and it felt better when I had my first experience of like really maybe about a month I could really see the impact that it was having on my hair I was like okay yeah you know yeah. but like I don't know the delivery it can really sometimes in your delivery people can really move away from what your message is and your message mm -hmm. can be pure it can be true it can be exactly what they need but your delivery alone is just like right that's you like you you already kind of giving off that vibration so right I want to give you the opportunity to kind of talk about that. Like, what is it about putting food in their hair that doesn't really, what's really like, it doesn't really so work out? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to play. Like, I was like trying to say it all professional. Like, what is it right. about? And I was like, you know what? Let me just say so, it. What do you mean what, by that? <laughs> what it is, is, um, so it's not that the food is bad, right? It's not that the ingredients or, you know, whatever nutrients and like small little just things in the food that can provide to your hair and skin. It's not that the food or that specific ingredient in itself is bad. It's that when you look at it scientifically or even like molecularly, a lot of times putting that raw food or that raw product, whatever it is, straight on top of your hair doesn't work because the molecules of that hair or that product might be too big for your hair or your skin to absorb it the way that it needs to be done. 
Um, so when you talk about like from medication to skincare to hair care, there you'll see products all the time that say it has like jojoba oil in it or it has avocado or it has coconut or something like that in it. But when you use the product, be it a conditioner, a serum, a leave-in conditioner, a moisturizer, a soap, whatever, you're not going to have chunks of coconut <laughs> in the product. You know, it's going to be, they're going to take it to a chemist, to a scientist that breaks down this ingredient and formulates it in a way that it that makes it easiest for your hair to absorb it. So I love most of the products that people like to put in their hair. Like they like to say, you know, let's use egg for protein. Let's use avocado. Let's use a raw coconut. Let's use, you know, just different types of fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. The ingredients on their own are not bad, but using raw ingredients can... I don't want to say counterproductive. I don't want to call it counterproductive, but it's almost like a placebo effect because you're spending this money and putting all this effort into rubbing these raw products in your hair and in the form that it's in, in its raw state, it's best if you just eat it because then your body still has to break it down and take what it needs from it inside. So if you look at it through the lens of eating it and having your body process it, when it comes to skincare and hair care and products and stuff like that, you would almost want to take that product and put it with a chemist, like a cosmetic chemist, and they break down what your body would break down for you if you ate it. And they put it in a product that you can just put on your hair and then your hair is able to soak up what it needs from it. And you kind of cut out the middleman of like having to blend your own ingredients and like chop everything up and hope to God that you put this egg mask in your hair and you wash it out with cold water and just cross your fingers and hope that the, the egg don't cook in your hair when you could just buy a protein product that's already formulated for you to use. Yeah. So in the experience of people who have mothers and their grandmothers have used a certain natural product or, you know, natural beauty in their hair and they say, well, it's always been working for me. Oh, how would you respond to that? If someone feels like it's working, they have, they feel like they have natural, I mean, good natural hair, they don't have any problems with it, their hair is growing, their scalp feels fine. Do you feel like they would receive your message if it's been working for them and if they wouldn't, like how does that translate to the people that you may be speaking to? I think that I am here to provide insight and information and help to people who want the help. Yeah. If you don't want it, and you're fine with your hair care, if you are fine with using older methods or you're fine, if you're fine with your hair care routine as it is, feel free to ignore everything that I say that any other stylist says. I think people tend to take it too personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I understand it because, you know, Black women, we're used to being criticized about every little thing about us. Mm -hmm. So just automatically, even when it comes, even in conversations amongst other Black people or other Black women, I think that we can be very critical of ourselves. Yeah. Um, whether you choose to relax your hair, whether you to wear, whether you choose to wear weaves or a wig, whether you choose to braid your hair, whether you choose to be natural, bald, whatever, there's criticism coming from outside of the Black community. And then there's also a lot of criticism coming from within the community. And I think it makes a lot of us automatically very defensive. So even if the information could be beneficial or helpful, or even if it's just as simple as like, maybe don't stop what you're doing, but tweak it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because we're so used to being criticized, it's like we just, we don't even listen yeah. to anything. Like just a wall immediately goes up and rather than absorbing the information or like considering that times change, maybe something that your grandmother was doing when she was the child that she passed on to your mother that she passed on to you, maybe it is wrong and it's okay. Nobody's criticizing you. Nobody's like, nobody's saying that your grandma's garbage. Nobody's saying that your grandma's stupid. It's just yeah. times change. 
and maybe things need to be adjusted. So I definitely understand why people can be so resistant to the information. Because just like you said, sometimes the delivery is off. Um, sometimes it's like a, it's a cultural thing or like you hold it close to your heart because mm. it has like memories for you. Like everybody remembers sitting between their mom's legs or their grandma's legs and getting their hair combed. Everybody remembers like hearing the sizzle of a hot comb with some grease. Like, you know, it just, it's part of our culture. So I think that a lot of times in this conversation, people get testy or they get angry, they get defensive because changing the way that we do our hair now in, in a lot of ways, it also brings about kind of changing the culture and it, it changes what we're comfortable with. If people don't like change, they like comfort, they like the things that they know. So they get defensive and angry about it because they're trying to hold on to what they know. And I definitely understand it. And I try to just encourage people to kind of just like, just everybody take yeah. a breath. <laughs> Everybody take a breath. <laughs> it's all just just step back, take 30 seconds, you know, calm down, and then let's just step back into it together. Because, you know, as a stylist, I talk about all of these things because I want to help. I want to help us. Um, but like I was saying, if you feel like you're fine and you're good where you are, great. That's fine. Do what you're doing. And when you want help, I'll still be here. I'm going to still love you. I'm going to still love your hair. You just, you take, you as a client or a consumer, you take what you want from me. It's my job to present all of the facts and all of the education. And you take what you're comfortable with and whatever you're not comfortable with, you leave it. And that's it. That's how I personally do things. Yeah, that um, makes so one of the things that hold true in a Black community is they feel like they don't have to wash their hair as much as other communities. This is one of the topics that I feel like you are an expert in. So let's go ahead. <laughs> um, washing your hair once a month it's not the thing and it's not healthy for your hair. Is that your take on that? Or Washing your hair once a month. And this is one of those things where people might say like my delivery is off and they don't like it, but I'm at the point where I don't care. Washing your hair once a month is kind of gross, y'all. It just is. It's not very sanitary because your scalp is an extension of your face. Your scalp is skin and your hair is so close to your face that if you don't wash it, like think about the implications of what not washing your hair can have on your skin, on your shoulders, on your chest, on your back. I used to have a lot of clients that would come in and their hair is super greasy, it's super dirty, and they also have acne problems. And it's like, I like to tell people a lot to kind of just take a second again and step back, step outside of yourself and look at the situation for what it is. Like separate your emotions, separate culture, separate, you know, just like societal norms and just look at the situation. You wash your hair once a month, right? So that means... For an entire month, you're sweating, you're outside in the environment, you're inside your house, it might be dusty, you know, you might have kids where you work out, you might have a job where you're outside, you're just doing, there's just a lot of movement, right? And then for Black people, we like to use a lot of product in our hair. So you have environmental buildup, you have product buildup, your scalp produces its own oils, um, sebum, stuff like that. So you have a month's worth of all that buildup, plus a month's worth of your hair shedding. So people typically shed just on average anywhere from 50 to 150 strands a day. If you don't wash your hair for the month, it's likely that you're not detangling your hair for an entire month. So we'll say on the high end, you have 150 strands of hair per day, just sitting in your hair, not getting detangled, just getting just bunched up and jumbled up with all of this different type of buildup. And then you turn around and when it's time to wash your hair, you say, oh my God, I hate my hair so much. I hate wash day. I hate detangling. It's always so much work. I always lose so much hair. My hair feels like it's never clean. And then we turn around and you say, okay, 
I have acne on my face. I have, I get like bumps on my chest or on my back or my shoulders or anything like that. And of course, that's not a hard and fast rule. Some people have acne issues outside of that. But I definitely think that if you're struggling with taking care of your hair and you only wash your hair once a month, that usually is the biggest factor as to why. And I don't want anybody to think that like I'm calling y'all nasty or anything like that. But just as a fact, it's unsanitary. As just as a fact, it is unsanitary to go that long without washing something. If you were to tell me that on December 1st, you took a shower, lotion, put all your smell goods on, (laughs) put all your clothes on, and then didn't take your clothes off or shower until January 1st, I would look at you like you're crazy. It's the same thing. And then even when people say like they like to co-wash or they'll just do a rinse and put more product on their hair. It's literally like taking a shower, using all your body butters, all your lotions and stuff like that. And then when you start to itch or you start to feel uncomfortable, instead of putting soap on your body, you wet yourself and you put another layer of oil on or you skip the water altogether. You just keep putting layers and layers and layers and layers of product onto your skin. So usually when I talk to people about hair in terms of washing it and why I'm an advocate of washing it more often, I use that as an example, because if you were to go for 30 days without washing your skin with soap and water, and you just kept putting oil, um, lotion, moisturizers, whatever, on top of your body over and over again, by the end of the month, you have a layer of buildup. And it's the same thing for your hair. So typically, I tell people to wash their hair every seven to 10 days. Some people have oilier scalps. Some people have more active lifestyles. So like the comment that we made or the comment that you made before, some people may need to wash their hair twice a week Yeah, because that's just how their hair is. Some rules in hair care are hard and fast and it just is what it is. And some things have a little more wiggle room, which is why I think it's super important for everyone, if they're able to, to partner with a stylist or a professional, or even if it's to just pay for a class one time so they can figure out what it is about the rules that aren't as like set in stone, figure out what it is for their individual hair care and then take it from there. But yes, please wash your hair, wash it. Wash it with soap and water. And I want to mention that I think some people probably wash it, you know, maybe more frequently than once a month. So I'm not saying they're all Black women for anyone who's Oh, yeah, no, of course not. Of course not. All Black women just once a month. But it's just that aspect of those protective styles where you have the braids in and some women don't go in and wash with the protective styles because it would kind of make their hair look messy because they're... Mm -hmm come in from the hair wash so they may choose to go longer with not without washing their hair because of the protective styles it is possible to wash your hair with protective styles in though there's a stylist that i love out of chicago her name is protected by lisa i'll send it to you but she has a couple videos on her instagram because she does a lot of protective styles as well and she has some videos on her instagram that give you like a breakdown of how to wash your hair when you have braids in and stuff like that and how to keep it from getting too frizzy or matted or anything like that but it is definitely possible to wash your hair with protective styles in and i also think as a black community ladies Become friends with dry shampoo. Mm. It helps. It helps. It definitely, definitely helps. Of course, it's not a long-term solution. Eventually, you will have to shampoo your hair. But after a couple of weeks, you know, especially for those of us who sweat a lot or those of us who are very stuck on using hair oil and don't want to give that up yet, um, when you notice that buildup or things start to get a little like sticky or whatever, just grab a can of dry shampoo, spray it on your scalp, rub it in, rub it back out, and you're good to go. I'm glad that you uh, you mentioned that because oil, oil is another 
big thing that is controversial. And I think, I'm not sure what the method is called. So you probably be able to tell me this, but it's a method where people believe if you put the water on your hair and then you seal it with oil, that that's the proper method. But you're not a fan of that, to my understanding. Um the oil on your hair after you wet it because the seal it in. It's supposed to be the oil supposed to be not good for your hair. I think what it is, and this is another one of those things where I said it's a remix, right? I think there's a broader conversation to be had on it. In general, I have come to realize that oil in a lot of ways, the way that we use it typically ends up doing more harm than good especially when it comes to your hair. When you shampoo and condition your hair, that's the process to where you clean your hair, yes, but you also get your moisture, your hydration into your hair. People like to say that they use oil as a sealant. And I think that's something that kind of came from the internet because a lot of black hair has been taught by, you know, social media influencers who are great at doing their own hair and they do trial and error for their own hair, but they haven't actually studied hair. And hair in itself is a science. Hair stylists, hair care specialists, it's it's a science. It's something that we have to learn. So when it comes to oil, I think oil does serve a purpose. If you want shine, oil is great. If you want to tame flyaways, oil is great. If you're looking for moisture and hydration out of oil, that's not where you're going to get it. Which again, that's why I like the sides to the conversation that you had where you said like, you know, it's like a remix. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a middle ground to be found here. <laughs> um, and this is one of those conversations where people are very much like one side or the other. And I'm a person that believes that things aren't always so black and white. There's a lot of gray. Um, so when it comes to using oil on your scalp, if your scalp is healthy and, you know, it gets a little bit dry and you don't really like the itch and you just like the feeling of having that shine on your scalp or on your hair and you want to use like a very light oil or a serum a lot of times, I'm okay with that personally. I know there are a lot of other stylists that are not and that, you know, we can have conversations about that. I'm not a fan of picking up a tub of just raw, unprocessed oil and slathering your hair in it because a lot of times those oils are way too heavy and it does end up leading to dehydration because again, it's not constant. But if you tell me, typically, if you tell me that you use a lot of oil in your hair, I can automatically know that you most likely haven't had a haircut in a while. You most likely only wash your hair once a month or so. And you most likely don't detangle properly. It's almost like saying like, as as a professional, when someone comes and they tell me, yeah, I use, you know, coconut oil, I use shea butter, I can almost automatically assume that there's also a bunch of other characteristics of their hair care that aren't that great. And it's not to say that everybody who likes using oil in their hair has terrible hair care practices. It's just kind of just like a bell goes off in my head when you tell me certain things. So as far as oil, I think it, in a lot of ways, it gets used incorrectly or it gets used as like, like we know what the problem is. Your hair is dehydrated. I don't mean to ramble or anything like that. But we know that <laughs> we know that the problem is dehydration. We know that the problem is dryness. And what oil does is it acts as a Band-Aid. So it covers up your dehydration. It covers up your dryness. It makes your hair look shiny. You feel like it's soft, but it's not softness that you're feeling. It's slick. You feel lubrication. So your hair is still dehydrated under that. You just put this bandage on top of it and it makes it look good for a period of time. But then when you finally do get around to washing your hair and you don't use the oil, you feel like your hair is super dry. And it's because it is. 
but it's not because you stop using oil or because you don't use oil. It's because your hair is dehydrated underneath that already. So when we remove the oil and we adopt better hair care practices, you as the person who has this hair on their head, when you go home and you're taking care of your hair yourself, you know, when I tell you to stop using oil and I tell you, you know, use better shampoo and conditioner, wash your hair more often, detangle this way, take care of your hair this way. Day one of you not using oil anymore is feeling what your hair actually feels like. And I think for a lot of people that can be scary because they don't really know how dehydrated their hair is because while it's wet and it still has a little bit of slip to it you put oil on it you let it dry and now you pull your twist out and you're like oh my god my hair is so soft it's so shiny it's slick with oil it's lubricated it's not hydrated (laughs) it's not hydrated or moisturized it's just oily so when I come and I tell you now put the oil down let's adopt some new practices let's give it a month to start we'll work together people tend to get scared because for the first time in their lives they're feeling what their hair actually feels like underneath all of the oil and the how dehydrated some people's hair gets is very terrifying because you're like oh my god my hair feels like a Brillo pad like what is this let me go back to what I know which is oil but that doesn't fix the problem so the cycle just continues and continues and continues so I definitely think that again, me personally, (laughs) I think oil has its place, but I also think for a very long time that we have been using it incorrectly. I think we've been overusing it. And I think that we have been using it in its raw form, which ends up causing more harm than good. And I can say this as somebody who used to have a bunch of hair and would just like drown my hair in shea butter. Yeah. And it would be all slick and cute and my curls would be popping and yada, yada, yada. And then eventually, you know, the shea butter would rub off on my pillows. It would rub off on my wall. It would rub off on my headrest. And then I would feel my hair underneath and be like, oh my gosh, my hair is so dry. Let me put some more shea butter on it. And um, it's kind of just, it becomes something that's automatic until for me, until I went to cosmetology school and I started learning and I was just like, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. This makes sense. Let me start sharing. And, (laughs) you know, and then the, the conversation continues from there and people get upset. And I try to be as understanding and patient as possible in the conversation, because I do know a lot of stylists, they're snarky with their delivery. Mm-hmm. Snarky. <laughs> that's the word. Snarky is a good word. Don't They're snarky in their yeah. delivery. And sometimes they are just outright rude. And a lot of it I don't agree with, but I definitely understand yeah. because oh, people just, they talk to you crazy. Because again, we're very sensitive about our hair. So I understand it. But I think there could be a lot more grace given on both sides of the conversation. True, but from stylist to client, I would hope that. And I'm very sorry that that happened to you when you went to speak with a stylist and she made you small. I think it's like I think it was was less about the condensing nature, and and it was more about the fact that this is something that is probably unveiling. Maybe I don't know how long it's been out, but it hasn't been something that's been out for a long time. And so Mm -hmm. there was a point in time when she didn't know, and Mm -hmm. she. And I feel like that grace of like, hey, yeah, I didn't notice at one point, but I'm sharing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand that we all didn't know. 
and we are all open to the conversation is where I kind of lack respect in the delivery because I was just like, well, and you can share this. There is an opportunity for you to, sh-. and then it could have been the other thing is, and I always kind of, when I'm dealing with people, I always kind of look at a different perspective. Like, you know, don't take it personally. It's not about me. It's about whatever they had experiences with. So it could be like this, I'm client 1097, you know, right, 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 right. All the other ones were probably like giving her, you know, some mouth, but I wasn't, you know what I mean? So I think it was just, I think, and that's why I took that in consideration too. So I don't want to, you know, she probably would never probably listen to this, but you know, (laughs) if she could ever figure out who I was talking about, it was just more about the delivery. And I feel like the message was very well needed and I appreciated it, you know, because Mm -hmm. the other stylist where I live, because I was trying to find more stylists like her that adopted that concept and there are people who stuck on the oil and I was like, the oil not making sense to me. Like, you know, so I was just like, I had to do it myself. Then I kind of found someone who adopted some of the concepts from, I forget the name of the group that started like the book, um, Wash Your Hair. and Curls. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, Cut It Kinky. Yeah. Cut It Kinky. That um, team. So there was some people who were part of that team or, or adopt some of the concept, but they just still use oil. So I was like, I know that's mm-hmm. right stuck on everyone is the oil. The only thing that stood out to me is that when I heard about like, you know, you put water on your hair and you then you just put the moisturizers, these coconut oil or shea butter, your hair still dehydrated. I tried to match that to my body. So, because that was the same concept is that you kind of wash your body and you come out, you're sealing it with oil. Do you mm-hmm. have any insight on that? Is it the same? Because it's, it's your hair, but it's the same concept of of that oil not really being a a moisturizer. The conditioner is the moisturizer. Right. So I think when it comes to skin, the conversation is a lot different because more often than not, you shower every day. If not every day, maybe like every two days. I don't know people's business. I shower every day. (laughs) But so when it comes to using like oils on your skin and body butters and shea butters and stuff like that, I guess it's more accepted because at the end of the day, you go and you wash it off again and you replenish your body with water. When it comes to hair now, the reason why a lot of times for me, I'm realizing stylists are so big on like not using oil anymore is because it's more than just not using oil. It's not using heavy oils and it's also washing your hair on a regular basis. And it's also making sure you wash your hair properly. And it's also making sure you go to a professional to get a decent haircut. And it's also making sure that you use quality products and quality hair products and quality hair tools. And it's very much like don't use oil on your hair anymore. And people will say like, I tried that no oil thing and it didn't work for me. It made my hair fall out. It made my hair super dry. Did you partner with a professional? Did you get a haircut? You stop using oils, yes, but you're still only washing your hair once every 30 days, right? So I like to break it down in like bigger terms. You shower, you would say on, we'll say on average once a day, right? So you're showering over 300 times for the year. If you only wash your hair once every 30 days, you are putting soap and water in your hair 12 times a year. Crazy. 12 times a year. And right, there's some, right. And there's some girls who only wash their hair. Like, again, they have their braids in or they have their sew-ins in and they're doing it two and three months at a time. So if you wear braids back to back to back to back and you say, like, I had a client before she started coming to me, she was getting her hair braided every two months. I said, OK, how often do you wash your hair when you have your braids? And she said, I don't. I just wash it once when I take my braids out. I was like, you realize you're, sh- you're shampooing your hair six times a year, right? <laughs> it's hard. 
<laughs> she like honestly all she could do she kind of just sat there and stared at me for a second I was like no like really just again step outside of yourself and look at the situation for what it is you cannot complain that your hair is dehydrated and your hair is dry and it's brittle and it's falling off but yeah. then when I tell you one of the major fixes to that situation it would just be to wash your hair more often and you tell me no what more can I do for you as your stylist there's only yeah. like I can only take care of you for the hour two hours three hours whatever that you're in the shop with me once you leave your hair is your responsibility again and that means that if you want better hair in general you have to adopt better hair care practices and again the delivery could be a lot different from some stylists but I would say even from personal experience for me I haven't really been sharing much or talking much online about hair because people get very nasty yeah Um, yeah, they get very nasty there was a very short period where I was kind of talking more about hair on my Twitter and I started getting like DMs from people cussing me out because I was telling them to wash their hair weekly yeah and maybe put down the bottle of coconut oil or you know instead of putting it in your hair cook with it um people get very rude people get very personal people there are some stylists I know that have had like their personal information posted online because of hair and it's just like yo like it's hair all I'm telling you to do is wash your hair bro if you don't want to wash your hair don't do it like don't do it it's just I, as a stylist, I have a lot more sensitivity, of course. You could call it bias, whatever. I'm a lot more sensitive to the perspective of other stylists because people get very ugly, um, especially with this quote-unquote new information. And the sad part is is that a lot of it's not new. It's just new to y'all. Yeah, okay. How long Um, has it been on the scene? So if it's not new, I mean, because I think it feels new because of the history of like, your grandparents, your grandmother, like in our culture, I feel like there's a lot of things in our culture that people just know, like, you know, about maybe Friday or, you know, about like certain concepts and and certain Ebonics or this thing that people like everybody knows that. And I feel like hair, because it's so um, important to black culture that a lot of people know. And so a lot of people know Mm -hmm. oil. Why is it that it's not new, Mm -hmm. but people know about it? I think that people, and I can't really say where it comes from, but for whatever reason, people think that natural hair doesn't deserve as much care and attention as relaxed hair does. When we were younger, and for those of us who grew up getting relaxers, I got my first relaxer when I was four. So growing up, every week, either my mom was washing my hair or I was in the salon getting my hair washed. So the concept of washing your hair weekly is not new. Wait, um, the oil one. I think people, I don't know. Right. Washing your hair, I think that might be different. That's something I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure out where the concept of like natural hair doesn't need to be washed as often came from because you, the only difference between me being natural and me having relaxed hair is literally the bottle of relaxer. Like my lifestyle is still the same. I still sweat the same amount. My hair still gets dirty the same way. So it still needs to be washed, you know? It's always, um, but, sorry, I got you. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's always like the way I remember hearing it, it's always like the way that it was always presented. It's like talking about someone outside our race, like, oh, we don't have to wash it as much as them because our hair is different. And so it was just the, oh, we're different. And so we do different things. And I think that's probably how it kind of like the seed was planted. Maybe somebody was walking down the street, like, yeah, our hair is different. You know, mm-hmm. it's probably was like, I was like, oh yeah, our hair is different. We don't need to do that. You know, like, or maybe it was just like being against everything that they were. It was like, okay, you know, we, our hair is this way and that way, whatever, or 
could have been someone who was just like, I ain't trying to do your hair every day. And then, right, 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 right. Um, And I think with like non-Black people, they end up having to wash their hair more because again, hair is a science. So when you look at hair, like strands of hair as itself, your scalp does produce its own type of natural oil. And for us as Black people, our hair is coiled very tightly. So when that oil is traveling down the hair strand, it doesn't make it as far because it has to go around those coils. With people with straight or wavier textures, that oil can just travel straight down the hair strand because it's straight. So typically white people, Hispanic people, just straight and wavy hair textured people would have to wash their hair more often because the oil on their hair weighs their hair down a lot faster. So they wash their hair to get it off. That doesn't mean that we as black people shouldn't wash our hair because it doesn't appear as oily as, you know, our straighter haired brothers and sisters. I do definitely think a lot of that not washing our hair is often thing and using oils more often comes from just like wanting longevity out of our styles. That's the Um, thing. You know what? That's Because you pay so much money to get Right, 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 right. And that's right. That's like money out the window. I feel that, which is why I definitely understand with like protective styles and stuff like that. People might be hesitant to wash their hair. But again, there is a way to do it. Just like there's a way to wash. There's a method to washing your hair when it's out that would kind of prevent against frizz a little bit. If There's a way to do it with protective styles. And I do think it's almost like the methods and the rules that we have, there's a way to do them. But because so much of natural hair care or black hair care was, I want to say it's two things. Part of it was that a lot of the natural hair care stylists didn't really catch the wave of social media when it took off. Mm. Um, So there's that part. So the professional perspective was left out of the social media boom um, when it comes to the beauty industry. So there's that part of it. And then the other part of it is the professionals did get left behind, but that boom happened regardless. Mm. And that space was filled by people who weren't professionals, who were looking for information for themselves and they couldn't find it. So they just started doing trial and error. And they're just like, okay, well, I I did this and it seemed like it worked for me. So let me share. And then somebody else took that and took that and took that and it just takes off. And because there wasn't as much of a professional voice, that's how we end up with things like rice water or doing like clay masks on your hair every week or you know using different types of raw products on your hair and it's not to say that all of these things are 100% wrong again I'm a middle ground person there there's a lot of middle ground to be found in a lot of the hair care practices that we've picked up from people who aren't professionals some of them are just flat out wrong there's no way around the conversation but a lot of it is just you almost want to call it, like, remember that game we used to play telephone? Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's just like the game has just continued for so long that there's so many differing opinions and so many different ways to do things that the conversation around Black hair and Black hair care, I almost feel like it's like just screaming at the top of your lungs in a room full of people who are also screaming at the top of their lungs and the information gets jumbled up and it gets overwhelming. I definitely understand as someone who is a professional who didn't used to be a professional. It's overwhelming on both sides of the conversation, but I definitely think that I would encourage, I guess, clients or consumers or whatever to kind of approach professionals a little bit differently. And I would encourage the same thing from professionals. Otherwise, I think everybody needs to just, again, take a breath, (laughs) step back. Let's all remember that we're working towards the same goal here. We're all on the same side. 
it's the healing um, of the hair, you know, like yeah. And that was that's another concept I want to hit on just a little bit. The healing of the hair. So it's like so now we know that it, it's not very new. It's just that is we've been misinformed. Mm-hmm. But then it's this other perspective, like, okay, now I have to go as a professional all the time and I'm dependent on the professional to have these products. And some of the professionals don't really share with you what it is that they're using on the hair. And so you are dependent on that. And when I think about anything that is like a healing nature, it's like, I want to be able to go and use something to the point where I don't have to use it anymore. Like I'm not dependent on a medicine or a drug where it's continuing the problem, right? So mm-hmm. I, when I think about a stylist, I'm thinking about the stylist being a healer. Like, hey, these are the tools that you use. You can come to me to, you know, do the fancy things. You come to me when you don't feel like it, but you should be able to do this yourself. And this is what you need to be able to use, or these are the standards that you should know. What is your viewpoint on that? And yeah. what would you share with people about the basics? I know earlier you said the hard truths, like these are the hard truths of hair care, mm-hmm. ones that we haven't spoken about already that you would share. I think that I want to remind everybody that hair care is a science. It is also a business. Mm-hmm. So I love what I do. It yeah. is my passion. I am one of the few people that I think if I won the lottery, I would still want to do hair. But I paid for the education that I have. I paid for school and I pay for continuing education. So any stylist worth, you know, worth their salt will continue to pay for education, to continue to grow, to continue to, you know, just stay on top of trends and make sure that the information that they're teaching um, stays current because just like everything else, times do grow and change. So you want to make sure you refresh yourself. I think that people tend to forget that and they almost expect stylists to give that information away for free. And I understand it. You know, it's everything is more expensive now. Life is just expensive. So I get that a lot of the times in the conversation, it can be an affordability thing. And I don't ever want to make anybody feel bad because they can't afford my services. But I also have to eat. I also have bills to pay. You know, this isn't a hobby for me. It's a career choice. So when it comes to product recommendations or technique recommendations or being taught how to do something, you're asking me for my time and you're asking me for the skill that I paid for. So if you want that, as much as people don't like to hear it, if you want that from me, you're going to have to pay for it. Whether it be that you come and, you know, you sit with me and while I'm doing your hair, you watch what I'm doing and you ask all your questions. I always encourage people to ask questions. I always encourage people, you know, what did you use on my hair? I have no problem telling you what I use. I have no problem telling you what brushes I use. None of that. But to go to a hairstylist and ask or demand that they give you information for free is rude. It just just is. It's an investment. It absolutely is an investment. Um, Because me as a professional, I invest in the things that I've learned to provide it to my clients. So if it's something that you want from me, you have to pay for it. That's just how it goes. In terms of being dependent on your stylist, I'm just going to speak for myself. I love my clients, love them dearly. I would see them every week if I could. I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want, like, unless you're somebody who's coming in, you just don't feel like styling your hair yourself and you want to come get your hair styled every week. I don't want to see you every week. I want you to come in. I want to teach you what it is I'm supposed to teach you. I want to give you the tools. I want to help you get comfortable with doing your own hair. And then I want you to go and do your hair. And then you come back and you see me. (laughs) 
you come back and you see me every two or three months to get your hair shaped up, to get your trim. If you have any questions about your hair care, or if you should change products, or if your scalp is acting funny, then yes, you would reach out to me and you ask me and we can work together. But my goal as a stylist is to teach you how to do your hair at home. So that way, if you want to come get your hair done, you do it because you want to and not because you feel like you're dependent on me or you're like, we have to be stuck at the hip because you have no idea what to do with your hair once you leave me. Yeah, And I feel like that's an important aspect because and I understand the business owner and the client in every industry. When you want a service and you and service comes in all different types of ways, and that could be, you know, information service. And I think people kind of take information. And I would share this too. That's why I think it needs to be, I would consider whatever the bridge is to be would be like those courses so that people are paid for their time or the consultation where people are paid for the time to teach people. Because what's happening is because a perspective may be, hey, like, I'm not going to pay for something that, you know, I would probably share because it's supposed to be helping. And then they end up on YouTube or Google University to get those answers. And then stylists are like, or why are you doing that? I'm like, well, you, you guys are being stingy or whatever. It's like kind of like a little battle, but it's like, hey, like you said, this is still a business. Mm-hmm. And it's the same concept of like going to a restaurant, right? I feel like people go to a restaurant to get a service that they can also do at home, right? Go to the restaurant and you know that you're going to have to pay for the meal. You're paying for them having that building. You're paying for the waitresses. You're paying for a lot of things. And sometimes people don't even want to tip and consider that that's a part of the investment of time that you wanted to go out of your home to you know, participate in this service. It's not free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're having issues with your hair and if you want to heal your hair, you have to invest in that investment can be your time, your energy with studying on your own, you know what I mean? Or it could be in a form of money and getting someone who's an expert that's going to make it go faster, right? They already did all this for you. And then actually just now you're using your money as a resource to get to that information faster. And I feel like that's fair that if we're going to invest in ourselves, it also takes us investing in other people who did the work so that we can get to the results faster. So I really appreciate you as a stylist. I wish there were more out there like you. I would want people to be able to connect with you. I know you're in Florida, but I don't mm-hmm. know if you offer any online courses or online consultation. Uh, or a- At the moment, I don't. I am just praying my way through the rest of holiday season. So in January, in the top of the year, I'm hoping to um, start doing virtual consultations, kind of like the conversation that me and you are having right now. Um, I'm hoping to do some more virtual things. I'm hoping to start doing in-person one-on-one classes. Um, So let's just keep our fingers crossed for that. But yeah, thank you for having me. I really, I just, I love, I love Black people and I love Black hair. And in general, I just want for the experience of just doing your hair by yourself at home. I want it to be, if not easier, more enjoyable for everybody. Because I know like a lot of people, wash day comes around and they get anxious. They start to sweat. They get scared. (laughs) And I understand it. And I think like for me, my one of my biggest goals is to whoever sits in my chair, whoever comes to me to get help from me. I just want to help make your wash day or just your experience with your hair something that starts off as just being easier and becomes something that you love to do. Actually, can I make another comment before we go? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think... When it comes to hair, just in like in terms of like the affirmations that you and I were talking about before, I think I want to encourage everybody oh, to be more. Oh. No, 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 no. I want to um, encourage people to be mindful of the way that they speak to their hair. Ooh. Um, 
because we talk about positive and negative self-talk a lot. And I think people forget that your hair is an extension of yourself. Mm -hmm. So if all of the comments that you make towards your hair are negative, if everything that you have to say about your hair is negative, eventually you'll get to a point where without even realizing it, you hate, you actively hate your hair. Mm. You actively hate this thing. People don't like doing things that they actively hate, that like it just doesn't work that way. So a lot of times I'll get people who come to me for the first time and they sit down in a chair and they're talking a mile a minute. And the first thing they do is start trash talking their hair. Mm. The first thing they do is start apologizing for their hair. And I have a rule when you sit in my chair. I don't have a lot of rules, but my number one rule is you do not apologize for the hair that grows out of your scalp because you can't control that. That's like apologizing for being black. You cannot control your hair. You can apologize for not taking care of it. You can be a little bit remorseful for not knowing how to take care of it. I don't even want you to apologize for not knowing how to take care of your hair because you cannot control the things that you don't know. So just in general, I like to encourage people to stop for a second and think about the language that you use when you talk about your hair. Think about the things that you say to yourself. Think about the mindset that you have when you're in the shower trying to detangle or when you're trying to wash your hair or when you're pulling down your braids. Like, are you automatically annoyed at the thought of doing your hair? And if you are annoyed, what are the things you're saying to yourself while you're doing your hair? I think that makes a difference. To me, I think that makes a difference in the entire experience of just taking care of your hair or combing your hair or helping it grow. Like our grandmothers used to tell us when we're taking care of plants when you speak to plants positively they grow they grow beautifully it's the same thing with your hair Mm -hmm. like if you're going to look at your physical body be it your chest or your stomach or your thighs or whatever if you stand in the mirror and you tell my you tell yourself oh my god i have the most terrible body in the world eventually you're going to believe it it's the same thing as it comes to your hair so i just want to remind everybody if you don't just start adopting more positive conversation around your hair. It's so important because that's the subtle things that we do that we don't realize how much impact it has on what we manifest. And we were talking about mm-hmm. there. We're kind of manifesting these experiences. And I and I remember when I went into when I got into the knowledge of you know how to take care of my hair better, I didn't really have a bad experience with my hair. I just knew that I could do better. Like I, I knew mm-hmm. that I being a mom and I was just kind of on the go and like I wasn't paying attention and so I had made this point in my life I was like hey I'm paying attention to all of me and that included my hair like and I, I don't think I ever talked bad about my hair or anything like that but it was I wasn't but even though I wasn't talking bad I still wasn't taking care to an extent where every single part of my hair it was nurtured every single part of my hair knew that you know I cared because I feel like you know, like what you were saying before like it just permeates through your entire world is that I care about this you know I, mm-hmm. if I care about myself I'm, I'm going to care about the people that I interact with as well because that really carries a whole energy and vibration in my opinion of how you treat yourself has a reflection and so I remember like getting into the experience of washing my hair more often and I was just, I enjoyed it because I also adopted the freedom because with my hair and with locks, it's like, I'm okay with a wash and go and not having to put a whole bunch of stuff in my hair because I got more compliments with my hair actually being just washing, go, you know, mm-hmm. wash my hair and moisturize without me having to manipulate it a lot. And I was stopped in that concept. Like, I don't, I don't think I was fixing my hair because I disliked it. I think I was fixing my hair because I was in a corporate scene, you know, and mm-hmm. this corporate scene adopted a certain concept of what hair is was like. And I thought that 
maybe they thought that way too. But when I adopted the concept of like, hey, this is my hair, like I like my hair and it's being taken care of. Like mm -hmm. if, I'm, if it's being taken care of and I like what it looks like. And if you don't like, because I think it's the one thing about um, black women is just like, we don't like to have like the frizz or whatever showing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We have to put like the edge control or whatever. And I get it. You know, mm -hmm. edge control looks nice and, and the shine and things look nice, but Sometimes it's just like this. This is my hair. This is how it comes out of my head, and, yeah. I, and I like it. So I hope that everyone uh, listening today, if even if you are not a part of like the Black Natural Hair Movement, or I don't like saying Black, but Brown people in the Natural Hair Movement, Brown skin people, that you still was able to find a return on your investment of the time you spent with us today. I want to tell you that it would be. I mean, you can easily do a consultation. <laughs> and get people out there and also grow your business. I look forward to that. And if you ever want to come back on, I would love to have you on. I, there's so much more to talk about with you. And I, yeah. and I don't want to cut this short. I'm just trying to be mindful of like, you know, how long my interviews be going. <laughs> but there's so much more I want to talk about. So if there's ever a point in time where you, you know, you're comfortable coming back and kind of exploring some other concepts. I would love to have you back on if you would you know, come on. Sure, I would <laughs> love that. About that time, we can connect people with you. I don't know if you want to share your Instagram if people want to have a consultation with you. This is probably a good time to do that. But if you, you know, want to kind of get your scene together, um, that's cool too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, my Instagram is at styled, uh, S-T-Y-L-E-D by Ja, J-A-H. For now, I'm not doing virtual consults yet. I'm actually taking a slight step back from okay. social media. The yes. holiday season can be a lot. And, um, you know, I just needed to focus on just taking care of the clients that I do have right now. I don't want to be one of those stylists that's just like taking in everybody all the time because I, I started to notice that my work was suffering. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to, everybody who sits in my chair, I want to make sure that I give them the same quality that I would want to give myself. So for the next few weeks, I'm taking a bit of a step back from social media and kind of just getting my life together. But in January, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you know, as soon as I'm ready to start doing virtual consults and in-person one-on-one classes, if you're in South Florida, I'll definitely post it there and send out emails and stuff like that. So yeah. Awesome. It was such a pleasure, pleasure to have you on. I was so excited about the show, guys. I was like, she said yes. And I was so excited. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I have tons and tons of more questions for you, you know, and I know I always, listen, I was able to get a free consultation for all of us guys <laughs> for about an hour. So please, you know, take it and try to connect or research. I think if you were put them in the right direction of research, would mm -hmm. you connect them with any source? of um, I would, I would connect them with Cut It Kinky. Like we brought up before, they do have a few resources available on their pages. There are some other stylists that I love. One of them is Q's girlfriend. Her name is Shakira. She's in Syracuse, New York. There's someone, her name is Protected by Lisa. She's in Chicago. There's a bunch of different styles. So I'll just, I'll send them all to you. <laughs> all the ones that I like. Yeah, I'll send them all to you and you can um, post them in the link. But there are, honestly, there's dozens of great stylists all over the country who are ready and willing to help you with your hair. I will say just as like a final thing before we get to the end, just because the information is difficult to hear doesn't mean that we're necessarily being mean all the time. It is definitely hard to take criticism. It's hard to be told that you are wrong. It's hard to accept new information. And again, hair care is hair care, but it is also a business and a science. So when you sit with a professional, sometimes the information that they give you is going to be very matter of fact. 
And just because it's straightforward and to the point doesn't necessarily mean that they're being mean or they're being short with you. It just two plus two equals four. And this is just, it just is what it is. Um, you're, you're right. You're right about that. Like I had to, I little that, and that's how I, I took it afterwards. I still, I'm the type of person where I can hear something past the feelings, you know, like mm-hmm. I go, I will feel the feelings, but I don't mm-hmm. respond or react to the feelings. This is all kind of internal. I'm like, hmm, I'm probably mm-hmm. <laughs> but I always like, I'm not going to disregard a fact, you mm-hmm. know, just, I don't like the author. Like I always kind of think about like the Pharisees or like wisdom in the Bible or like just churches or, or things like mm-hmm. that. You kind of have different perspectives of like, hey, like I wouldn't do that because this and this and this and that. But is the wisdom still wisdom? <laughs> right, 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 right. So like as your stylist, I'm definitely here to hold your hand. I'm here to walk you through it. I'm here to teach you. I'm here to do all of those things. But for the majority of us, we're all adults. So I'm yes, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to walk you through it, but I'm not going to baby you. Me personally, of course, I'm not super harsh with my clients. And there have been some situations where my delivery has been a little bit drier than people would expect. And I've had to just explain like, you know, I'm very sorry if I hurt your feelings, but it is what it is. You may have dermatitis. There may only be so much I can do for you. You know, you absolutely need to see a doctor or you absolutely need to stop doing this, that, and the third. You know, sometimes the information is just very straightforward. So you know, in everybody's effort to try and find a stylist that works for them, I would definitely try to encourage everybody to just remember that, like, sometimes the information hurts to hear. It does. It it, can, it it takes a shot at your pride. But just because it's something I've been repeating to myself a lot lately, just because something that was said hurts doesn't mean that the person was hurting you. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's what just, on here. Yeah, that's what anything, be on here. I just want everybody to just relax. Not, you take know. It, <laughs> Not take it so personal all the time. And don't take it personally. I know what a book that helped me with those concepts of like hearing someone say it a certain way and not receiving it like that was, I'm not, not sure if you've heard of The Four Agreements. But yeah, the, I'm actually reading that right now. Like, are you? It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I can read it over and over again. I can't. Like, it's such a good book to me, but it's really helped me in tremendous ways because it's like, just those four things. It's just like, mm-hmm. especially with questions. It's like, don't make an assumption. If you have the question, it kind of reduces all of that, all those narratives that we kind of create that's against whatever what it was. And then that don't take it personally has helped me. Like, even like driving, like, People were crazy out driving. They were like, they oh, don't bring stuff. And it's like, the energy is there. And it's just like, they don't got nothing to do with me. I don't even know that person. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I want to give you this opportunity to share your self-tivity statement. We um, shared, I shared with you earlier what a self-tivity statement is, but I'm going to share with anyone who's listening for the first time. A self-tivity statement is very close to what we know as an affirmation, but it's a complete sentence. So we have our affirmation and then we say, and, and then we put a supportive statement. So the supportive statement is what's the action that you're going to do that supports the affirmation that you want. So for instance, if I say, you know, I am abundant I'm going to say I'm abundant and I make sure that I get up each day at 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. and work on making abundance, you know, in my bank account, work on my business or something like that. And so, Jalisa, you have the self Would you share with us what your self statement is? My self statement is actually like actually my self statement, not just for the show. Um, mine is I am capable and I have everything that I need. And because of that, I will get up every day and I will plan accordingly and execute. Mm, I love it. <laughs> yeah. That was so well done. Like sometimes I say self-tivity statement and people are like, ah, but you, <laughs> I'm getting 
closer to being able to explain this better, so I know it. <laughs> Thank I you so much. Beautiful, of course. Thank you for inviting me. This was great. I really appreciate you being here. Again, the invitation is open for whenever you want to come back and share, you know, any expansion or any information that you have that you want to share. But to everyone who's listening, I really enjoyed that you guys were here and thank you for your investment of time. Until next time, hold on to you as much as you can. Hold on to your health, your being, and your mind. Be mindful. Be mindful.